Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. I like to think about it as the three Ps. It's the power of the theme, it's the purity of the theme, and it's the pathway going forward. Hello, and welcome to Exchange Traded Fridays. It's a weekly roundup of markets and ETF news. My name is Sean Malaka, I'm editor-in-chief here at ETF.com, and with me is my colleague, managing editor, Heather Bell. Say what's up, Heather. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm good. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Jay Jacobs, who heads thematics and active ETFs at BlackRock. Good afternoon, Jay. Sean, Heather, great to be here. Great to have you. And Jay's here to talk about kind of what he's seen in thematic investments and trends. It seems like there's an ETF for almost anything these days, as you know, asset managers and and issuers have kind of continued to zero in on more specialized you know, sectors of, of the markets, almost to the point where you can find almost anything in an ETF wrapper, you know, from airline industries to the cannabis to, you know, something as narrow as I mean, it's some pet care companies. And they're really gaining popularity. It flows into thematics peaked April of last year, I want to say, according to Morningstar data. We pulled in around $241 billion globally. This year, that's kind of dropped off a little bit with the recession and just the markets in general. And I think there's been some net outflows in the first six months. So maybe some kind of weaning, you know, interest there, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I, I don't know, just to kind of demonstrate the popularity, I saw a funny newsletter. It was a few weeks ago that just they listed like 10 ETFs and some of them were fake and some were real. And they had like descriptions and made up tickers. It was actually really funny. And you had to decide which ones were real and which ones were just completely like fabricated. And honestly, it was not easy to do. I think I failed miserably because, like I said, there's just, you know, there's just more and more options for these thematics and they're getting crazier and crazier. So it was fun. Let's kick it off with you, Jay. I know Heather's going to jump in and get to the weeds on some of, the, some of the particulars of these funds. And But we've seen the popularity in the last few years. I mean, where are you seeing the most interest in terms of of trends and thematics. Is there anything that's been really, you know, jumping out at you recently? First of all, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great to join both of you. Um, you know, it's been a really exciting time for thematic uh, ETFs, as you were mentioning. I mean, thematic ETFs, the assets have tripled since 2018. We've seen a lot of new products coming out. But the way that we view thematic investing is it should be a very rigorous research-driven process. Um, I think, unfortunately, you know, thematic somewhat becomes a catch-all for a lot of ideas that are out there. But true long-term structural mm-hmm. themes should be somewhat rare. Um, there shouldn't be hundreds of them in the world. There's probably dozens of them in the world at any given time. And they're constantly evolving. And so how do we kind of keep our eye on these themes as they evolve and make sure we're picking up new ones? It's a really dynamic space. So it's a really research-driven process. This year has been a little bit interesting because if you go back to the last three, four, five years in the thematic space, a lot of focus was on, um, you know, what we would call within our megatrends framework, breakthrough technologies. You know, just you know, technologies that are disrupting, you know, existing sectors or industries or revolutionary technologies that are changing how we interact with the world around us. And you know, this was where we saw a lot of the flows in the thematic space. It's where we saw a lot of performance in the thematic ETF space. That has somewhat shifted in 2022, and and part of it is just broader, you know, macro 
changes. We've seen a shift of growth to value uh, in a rising rate environment tends not to be so favorable for technology. But that doesn't mean that thematic investing has fallen out of favor. Actually, we've seen investors have stuck around. There's been a very strong resilience among investors in the thematic space. And increasingly, they're finding themes that are not necessarily tech themes. Uh, We've seen very strong inflows into infrastructure-related themes this year. So our global infrastructure product, IGF, our U.S. infrastructure product, uh, IFRA, uh, have both been major beneficiaries of that because... People are looking at, you know, what are more defensive sectors this year, and infrastructure tends to be more defensive. People are looking how to play inflation. Infrastructure tends to be very inflation resilient because a lot of these infrastructure companies, you know, the the toll roads and the water utilities, they can raise their rates on their customers based off of um, CPI. So they they have a natural inflation hedge there. And then on top of that, people are looking for those growth tailwinds. And frankly, this year, we've seen a lot of tailwinds driven by policy. The Infrastructure Investments and Jobs Act that uh, was signed in November of last year brought in $1.2 trillion for rebuilding U.S. infrastructure. And then more recently, just a a little over a month ago, the Inflation Reduction Act, you know, specifically allocated almost $370 billion for themes like clean energy and electric vehicles in the United States. Investors have gotten, I I think they've, just as we've seen a rotation in the broader markets, I think we've seen a rotation within the thematic space where people are looking beyond technology for themes that can do well in this more value-y inflation, you know, driven market right now. Jay, I was actually wondering about the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, Is that primarily benefiting like clean energy type thematic funds or is it spreading over to infrastructure and other types of funds? Yeah, so the IIJA from November was really geared towards infrastructure first and foremost, with some benefits for electric vehicles, like building out more electric vehicle charging stations. But the Inflation Reduction Act from just a month and a half ago, that has been very squarely targeted at clean energy and electric vehicles. So across the ETF industry, we've seen about half a billion dollars come into ETFs related to those themes. Uh, You know, at iShares, iClean, and iDrive, our our clean energy and and electric vehicle ETFs have been big beneficiaries as well. The reason being is that, you know, this bill is really trying to accelerate adoption of those two themes. If we take a step back, when we identify a thematic opportunity, we're really looking at the long term. You know, what is going to happen over the next 5, 10, 20 years that will increase the adoption of this technology or this product or this concept? And so if you look at something like clean energy, you can look at, you know, percentage of energy produced around the world that's, you know, clean versus using fossil fuels or, you know, number of solar panels produced in the world. You can look at these different adoption curves to understand that trajectory. But while you see usually pretty kind of smooth, continuous growth that starts to accelerate, Uh, in these themes, oftentimes you can point to a specific catalyst that really accelerates the adoption. You know, thinking back just a couple of years ago, we've had our eye on the genomics theme for several years. Massive catalyst with COVID-19 as a key pillar of genomics is mRNA-based vaccine technology. Uh, I like calling it a technology because I think it is. And with the COVID-19 pandemic, suddenly mRNA-based vaccines were heavily researched, heavily funded, regulatory tailwinds for approval. And now we see this explosion of ways to use mRNA-based vaccines and things like uh, treating the common flu or treating HIV, which are very you know exciting trials. The IRA bill is today's catalyst for clean energy and electric vehicles, bringing in 
$370 billion into incentives to produce more solar panels in the United States and wind turbines, incentives to produce more clean energy, incentives to improve the efficiency of homes, incentives that reduce the cost of buying an electric vehicle off the lot by up to $7,500. All of these things improve the economics of these themes and can really, in the eyes of the consumer or in the eyes of the solar developer or the manufacturing plant, really tip the scales in, in the favor of these themes. So we see this as really setting off clean energy and electric vehicles on a new steeper trajectory going forward, which we're very excited about. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And timely that you mentioned EVs. I mean, you see a lot in the news lately about California's mandates. I think that you have produced electric vehicles in 2035. I think it was a couple of years ago. Last week, we had Kathy Krisky from Invesco talking about their EVs and, and how to invest in some of the, the minerals that go into that and the mining around it. We also brought up some kind of environmental concerns about what that those mining of those minerals do. It was a super interesting conversation, but I just want to dive into a little bit more. How how is Black, BlackRock looking at, at the EVs and, and how high are the uh, them on those on those funds? Well, we see it as one of the most powerful disruptive opportunities out there. You know, you can look at the car market out there. It's it's pretty straightforward. There's about 90 million cars that are sold each year. Uh, in 2021, about 8% of them were electric. So we have 92% of the market that is still um, addressable. What's it going to take to get there? Um, you know, part of it is... How do we secure, uh, you know, more of the battery supply chain? How do we have, you know, the right amount of lithium being produced and refined each year? How do we, you know, scale battery production? How do more of the car manufacturers create models that people are looking for? I think this is key because historically a lot of electric vehicles have been more in the luxury market, but how do we extend that to the truck market, to the SUV market, to the mass market, uh, car market as well, you know, all the way through the infrastructure that will support it to make sure that, you know, even if you don't have a 500 mile battery, uh, you can still get from point A to point B with, uh, with a good amount of reliability. Mm -hmm. So there's an entire ecosystem here around electric vehicles that we think is a huge opportunity. That's also why we've designed our ETF. I drive to invest in the entire ecosystem. You know, I think this is Really one of the most exciting parts of, of thematic ETFs is that I think many investors, if they are excited about EVs, can probably name one or two, maybe three companies in the electric vehicle space, but they can't name 40 of them because many of these companies are not household names. Maybe they just build an electric motor that other companies use as a as a you know part of their supply chain into an electric vehicle. Maybe they're you know, a, a lithium mining company based out of Australia that is certainly not going to be a household name, but they play a critical role in that ecosystem. So I, I just think it's a, a really exciting part of thematic ETFs that they can go far beyond just the headline names and really provide exposure to the ecosystem that benefits from something like EVs really starting to take off. Jay, can you tell me, I guess, about the Megatrends F-suite at iShares? Is that where all the thematic ETF in the iShares BlackRock family are classified or is that just certain trends that are captured in that family? I was just looking to understand what BlackRock's goal is with that particular suite of ETF. Sure. So megatrends really means two things to us. One is it is our suite of long-term structural themes. And two, 
it's identifying what are the powerful forces around the world that are propelling these thematic opportunities. You know, on, on the product suite side, we have 23 thematic ETFs in our Megatrend suite. This includes 17 index-based products. It includes six active products. And I think this is really unique to BlackRock that we can both have uh, index solutions and active solutions, uh, depending on the theme and exactly what we're trying to accomplish. But also it's our five Megatrend pillars. So it's looking at what are the disruptive forces around the world from breakthrough through technologies, to urbanization, to emerging global wealth, to demographics, to uh, climate change and, and resource scarcity. You know, it kind of doing two things for us in that sense. And it's a, it's a really good way to kind of organize our suite. You know, if, we th if we're thinking about electric vehicles or we're thinking about cybersecurity, w where does it fit within our classification system of disruption? Is this a disruptive technology? Is it a social change? What is it? But back to our, our suite, I think what's very exciting is that index and active capability at BlackRock. And to give an example, you know, when we think about, you know, product development and some new products, you know, we just brought out two products in the last month, neurology product that is looking at, you know, the biomedical devices and biopharma devices that are treating neurological conditions and a fintech ETF, BPay, that's looking at, you know, leading companies in fintech. And I think it's actually kind of a perfect example of both of these areas. When we look at neurology, it's a pretty targeted theme. There's about 50 companies in the world that we believe are leading in the therapeutics and, and biomedical devices related to neurology. They derive the majority of their revenue from, from this space. Very easy to target the, you know, those companies and get really targeted revenue exposure to the neurology theme. And we are first to market with, uh, with I think, this really kind of exciting and, and frankly, kind of optimistic area of growth uh, going forward. On the flip side, fintech, we decided to go the active route. It's a more nuanced and complex theme. It's not just about disruptive companies in fintech. I would say there's about 50 to 75 disruptive companies in the fintech space right now. But you also have more than 200 companies around the world that are established banks and financial services companies that are spending billions of dollars a year in, in the IT space because they're disrupting and evolving their own platforms themselves. So we felt like having an active manager who, you know, has managed an active product in, in Europe and, and manages um, a global financial product as well can tease out that nuance of understanding not only who are the disruptors, but who are the incumbents that are investing heavily in fintech as well. So really depending on the theme and the nuances of the theme and how narrow or broad it is, we'll determine whether we think this makes sense to bring out as an index product or if we think it makes more sense to have an active manager behind it. Gotcha. I was actually wondering, can you maybe tell me a little bit about how BlackRock establishes or what it's what the company's process is for identifying and populating, I guess, a theme? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we mentioned at the top of the call, you know, really it's a it's a research-based process. And I, I like to think about it as the three Ps. It's the power of the theme, it's the purity of the theme, and it's the pathway going forward. You know, and we are looking at any, you know, potential theme and we may have dozens at any given point that, you know, are on our radar. We're really, you know, leading with that research-driven process, looking at both internal research, talking with our portfolio managers uh, and analysts, as well as consuming third-party research to understand what is our conviction behind this theme? What is the total potential size of it? How likely are we to achieve that? What are some of the challenges that might be, you know, headwinds or what are some of the tailwinds that could propel this theme, but really trying to understand the investment case behind it. And then really the, you know, the next step is how do you translate that into an ETF. If you have conviction behind the theme, 
can you get purity of exposure through publicly traded equities in the thematic space? And that's where, you know, we work with our product innovation team to maybe design a custom index to get that exposure with an index partner, or we work with an active manager to, you know, develop what that process looks like as well. But we really prioritize purity in the thematic space. And, you know, oftentimes that might be why, you know, we're waiting for a theme because we like the idea, we like the investment case, but we just don't feel like we can meet that bar for purity yet. And then finally, pathway, you know, what does it look like to get this theme from something that's pretty nascent to something that's pervasive? You know, we could look at historical examples like the internet or smartphones or other themes that, you know, have been very disruptive over the last several decades and learn from that to understand what does the trajectory for electric vehicles look like? What does the trajectory for cybersecurity look like or the trajectory for infrastructure spending? We really want to look for themes that have longevity, but also are going to hit that inflection point relatively soon. We don't want to be waiting 100 years for a theme to materialize. Ideally, I would say kind of that inflection point starts to hit around three to five years, and then we see really rapid growth, um, you know, over the next 10 or 20. But it's, it's playing kind of both that this is the right time, but also there's longevity behind this concept. Yeah, I was wondering about timing because I've seen funds come and go, like, I don't know if you remember the health shares, but there were like almost 20 funds covering different little corners of the ETF, I mean, of the healthcare space. And they all closed fairly quickly, but we are seeing kind of funds that focus on some of the themes that were covered in those health shares funds. I guess I was wondering, are you looking to capture themes that are literally on the verge of exploding or is it more about finding something that's established? There's a tension there, right? You're trying to, you know, find the right time and the right timing of a specific theme. And, um, you know, we're not going to be able to pinpoint it with exact, you know, 100% accuracy. But if we can see a pathway where over the next three to five years, we think there's going to be an acceleration in this theme for X, Y, or Z reasons. Maybe it's policy driven, maybe it's society driven, maybe it's a technological breakthrough. You know, that can give us confidence that this is the right timing, that there's reasons to be excited in the near term, but also we don't want it to be over in three to five years. We want that to be the the acceleration, but not the end point. So uh, there's plenty of themes that either are too far off or too short lived that we'll pass on because the timing just doesn't make sense from us for a, for a thematic product. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting, Janet. I'm wondering kind of, I think you touched on a few topics that I thought were pretty interesting. I mean, EV has been a hot topic, also some of the genome kind of and research and, and things that took off during the pandemic, but also, but are there things that are in there in terms of blockchain, crypto, or anything that you're seeing there? Obviously, you know, the price of crypto and things like that have, have fluctuated, but what's most exciting in terms of kind of fintech or technology or kind of that broad area of the economy? Specifically within fintech, it means a lot of things. Uh, we actually have six different segments within fintech that our active manager, Vasco Moreno, is looking at to determine kind of, you know, what are the key sub-industries that we think are going to take off, you know, again, over the next three to five uh, years and beyond. So when we're looking at fintech, we're looking at, you know, digital payments and wallets, digital banking, fintech infrastructure, personal finance and investments, enterprise fintech. There's many different segments in there. But that's actually very common within the thematic investing space that when you drill down, you realize that 
there's really big, broad terms like robotics or AI or fintech, but you really have to drill down to understand what are kind of those sub-industries or those sub-themes that are really driving the growth. I mean, also, you know, going to something like robotics, you know, does robotics mean uh, industrial manufacturing? You know, those, the big arms that are picking things up and putting them down, you know, on a manufacturing floor? Does it mean, you know, service robots, robots that are, you know, roaming the floors of a mall providing security or cleaning services? Uh, is it autonomous vehicles? Autonomous vehicles could be considered a robot. So there's a lot of work that goes into designing a theme. Once you look under the hood of what do we really mean by this terminology? You know, the reality is that's where I think there's a lot of differentiation between providers that there can be a lot of ETFs that sound the same, have similar names, seem to be targeting different, you know, relatively similar themes. But when you look under the hood, you realize that the construction is actually completely different because the theme has been defined differently and you can get very low overlap between those strategies. Yeah, some of these terms are such buzzwords, you know, they're just absolutely kind of blanket meanings. I think you're right. You really have to drill down. I know, Heather, I think you said you had one on kind of a little bit about how iShares is viewing some of the future tech stuff. Yeah, I was wondering, Jake, how iShares views incorporating artificial intelligence into its methodologies for thematic ETFs. I've seen that incorporated in various funds from other issuers, and I don't know where iShares stands on that. Yeah, so I would say primarily our processes are either looking at existing revenues or future revenues. For looking at existing revenues, we might, you know, use, uh, you know, a revenue, uh, you know, based classification system where we can map from a theme, you know, first we start with the theme, then we look at what are the sub themes are, and then we map those to a classification system for really granular revenue level detail to understand which companies are really leading in those sub segments of, of a theme. Um, alternatively, we might partner with an index provider like Morningstar, where they can use an analyst driven approach and really think through forward looking revenues as well. Um, not just what are the revenues today for a specific company, but what are the areas that they're growing into and how does that relate to our thematic, uh, you know, structure of, of you know, the theme and the, and the several sub-themes. So I would say our approach on the index side is very revenue-based rather than AI-driven because we found that really helps us, uh, you know, generate really good purity. Interesting. Yeah, thanks, Jen. And maybe we'll get you out of here on, on this and we'll make it a little fun. Get your, pick your brain a little, put you on the spot here. I know you do a lot of ton of research into these themes and, you know, probably every thematic fund that's out there. What is some of the most kind of fun or, or things that you never thought you'd see in, a, in an ETF wrap or maybe the most outrageous or just the ones that you think, wow, you know, why didn't I think of that? Or, you know, the things that jumped out at you. I mean, not to put you on the spot, but kind of what are some of the more kind of out there funds or what are some of the more interesting funds that you've seen? Wow, that's a great question. I mean, I don't, I, I, I guess a, a principle I've, I've learned early in my career is don't disregard an idea. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one, one idea that can seem pretty far out there once you really, you know, dive into it and learn more about the space. Um, you know, and, and, and dig in, yeah. you know, can still be a very compelling idea. And, and then these things change really quickly. So, you know, I think if we just went back five years ago or 10 years ago, the concept of electric vehicles probably sounded ridiculous. I mean, look at the electric vehicles in the 1990s. They were nothing that consumers wanted. They were I'll be honest, they were ugly cars. Mm -hmm. uh, they had terrible range. They were expensive. There was nowhere to charge them. So electric vehicles sounded bonkers. Um, but now you see how far that industry has come, how, you know, it, there's nothing exciting about seeing an electric vehicle on the road anymore. They're just pretty unanimous, right? Or ubiquitous. I don't think any idea uh, is crazy because maybe it's a little crazy today, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily crazy in the future. And that's a lot of the work we do on the thematic side is to really kind of tease that out. So electric vehicles doesn't sound crazy, but at one point it was. Yeah, no, it's, it's well said and nice. Um... 
nice cap to, to our conversation there because you're right, nothing's crazy. Maybe just a bit ahead of its time or maybe, you know, we're all crazy for not, not seeing the opportunities there. So, <laughs> you're right. So we'll have to leave the conversation right there. We got to thank you very much, Jay, for being on. Thanks for listening to Exchange Traded Fridays from ETF.com. If you like uh, the episode of the podcast, please go to your favorite podcast app and search for Exchange Traded Fridays. We'll be there for myself and my colleague, Heather. And also a very special thanks again to Jay. Uh, thanks for coming on board. I know I had a great time, Jay. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Uh, we hope you come back. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Jay. Thanks to everyone. And we will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.